0: The Bengals got a shot.
1: The Bengals got a shot, folks. We're back with a new episode. Bengals win 34 11 yesterday.
0: Very think, angry. Very angry that they scored that last touchdown. Very angry.
1: I think the proper terminology to describe yesterday's game would be a butt kicking,
0: uh, an old-fashioned old fashioned one. Very, fast. very angry.
1: They took him out yeah. behind the woodshed.
0: Yeah, g- g- gave him the the business, uh, well, as some like to call it. Well, you know who got the
1: business, and we can start with this because um, I feel like this was kind of the overarching theme to yesterday's game. You know who got the business yesterday was the guy that was wearing number fifty-eight in Honolulu blue.
0: Y- yeah, I. You know I. Uh, and we've talked about this. We've been talking about this, you know, for seven months now. Um, I think the Bengals made the right choice uh, with Jamar Chase. If, if if I had if I had going off the tape yesterday, I'd say that Jamar Chase arguably had the best block of anybody on the day. Right. Right. Um, yeah. By the way, a quick side note. That's pretty sick. That
1: one of the Lions' primary colors is Honolulu blue.
0: That is kind of cool.
1: Didn't know that existed. But let's get into it. Bengals win 34-11 and really it was not even as close as that indicates. Um, Before I guess we talk about what the Bengals did well and kind of what they proved yesterday I think we both need to admit something and that is that I didn't realize maybe you did the Lions are really bad.
0: Oh well here's the thing so we talked about it kind of last week we were saying how you know, they they played a good first half uh, against the Packers when you took their money line, which actually was looking really good in that Packers game. Um, and they fought back against the Ravens. They lost on that heartbreaker. Then they fought back against the Vikings. And I think during the game, the first half, they were up, what, 10-0? Against it, Minnesota, yeah. No, 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 no I'm sorry. No, no, no. this this week when they played the Bengals. Oh. The Bengals yeah. were up 10-0. And it was kind of like – you kind of got nervous because one, Bengals always have always let their foot off the gas, yep. and two, the Lions always, you know, they're scrap and bite kneecaps off. You you, you thought they were going to put something together, and then um, you know, the Bengals took care of business, and I think that really shows that it, it, the culture is starting to change. Uh, it, it really, really is, and they're one Evan McPherson kickaway from being five and one Uh, uh, and and they're four and two that I I couldn't have asked for anything better
1: they're a Joe Burrow they they are five minutes bad Joe Burrow and two Evan McPherson kicks away from being six and oh yeah and we'll talk about the Ravens later in this episode and later this week but um, for now that exactly what the Bengals did yesterday and I'm not calling them good yet that's what good teams do, okay? The Lions did not belong on the same field as the Bengals yesterday, and that was evident from the get-go. The Bengals yeah. – the, the only reason that that game was any sort of close was because the Bengals shot themselves in the foot in the first half and made it close, okay? Yeah. They had tons of penalties. Trey Hill didn't look the part at first. He played well later on in the game. Yeah. But they, sh- they shot themselves in the foot in the first half, and that's the only reason it was close.
0: Yeah, so going to the Trey Hill thing, uh, started right guard – were you surprised that he started?
1: I don't know if surprised is the right word. It felt like, especially after Jackson Carmen had that illness flare up at the, later in the game, it felt like him coming off the COVID list was kind of like a rush thing. And I don't know if you had COVID. I've had COVID. There was a couple of days afterwards where he still kind of had those lingering effects. So that could yeah. be a part of it. But um, I wasn't surprised. But I will say I was not at all impressed with him on those first two drives.
0: No, those first oh God, that one holding call was just a tri I mean he got I got Bobby Hart vibes. That that one holding, I mean, he got he he whiffed bad, bad.
1: He's the thing is he's big and he's mm. I guess he's athletic for his size, but he doesn't look athletic and he doesn't move athletically at all.
0: No, you know, we talked about remember we talked about his combine. Um his combine was terrible. I mean, one of the one of the worst performances for an O-lineman, and, and you know O-linemen aren't very, ath- I mean, some of them are athletic, but a lot of them are like mediocrely athletic anyway, and his were worse than that. So yeah. uh, we kind of saw that on Sunday. But he started to play better, though. It, 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 and it, it, I think it was a good game for him to start and get his first start because, you know, the Lions front wasn't wasn't crazy. No. They, they, I think uh, the Lions had one sack on
1: a free runner, which was just a mix up in protection yeah it was it um,
0: was out of empty, so
1: they brought one yeah. more guy that they could block and then I feel did they have two sacks? Yeah, they had two sacks. I don't remember the second one, but I remember the first one was a free runner on a third down and empty so yeah. you know that is what it is but um overall first the offense scores on its opening drive yesterday, which is a welcome sight to see yeah um and then. I mean, we can talk about this, too. It didn't feel at all, and, and I guess the, maybe the Bengals have graduated to this point. It didn't at all feel like, especially after they scored that first touchdown, I wasn't sitting there saying they're going to lose this game. Once they scored that first touchdown, it was like, okay, I mean, this is, this is going to be, yeah. I didn't. it was going to be the butt whooping that it was, but this
0: is going to be a win. Yeah, I so at, at halftime, it was 10-0. I didn't think it was going to be 34. It ended up being 34-3 to before they scored that last touchdown. I did not think it was going to be, you know, that big of a butt whooping. But, right. yeah, no, I agree. That first touchdown, it kind of – and it, it it might just be the Joe Burrow effect. It, it just seems like when he's playing with confidence and, and the, the, the team kind of just follows him, and it, it's kind of nice to see now that the defense has an identity and they're able to stop people, and they're able to stop people that they should stop. Now it's really hard to stop Aaron Rodgers, but you limit Aaron Rodgers to 25 points last week. I mean, that's a that's a good week against Aaron Rodgers. And then you take care of business against Jared Goff, who you should take care of. It's just nice to see the consistency that we were worried about um, when they performed well the first two weeks. We're seeing that consistency, you know, kind of come to fruition through six. So it's kind of nice to see that carry over. Yeah, the defense, granted
1: I, the the Lions offense, is right up there with the Jets and should have been, well, it is the bears as being probably the three worst offenses in the NFL, maybe lump, lump the Texans in there as well. So, you know, it, it, by no means are we saying that this performance shows that the Bengals have an elite defense, but um, you know, week one is like, Oh, you know, that's just a one-off week two is like, well, maybe we have something. But th- it's been six weeks now where the Bengals have played a very, very, very high level of defense. And at some point you just have to realize that they are who they are. And, you know, they're not elite, but they are good. Okay. Well, they're
0: very adequate. We remember, I mean, we've talked about this before. Oh, they're times. more than adequate. I think that they're, they're probably a top twelve, a top twelve, thirteen unit in the NFL, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah.
1: So here's what I'm here's, I, I think, a, a good point for this discussion. So if we look, just take yesterday's performance. First of all, Chidobia Wujie is lights out. Okay. He is insane.
0: He's, I, you know, he's just, there's something about him. He's like long, he's athletic. He just seems like he never, and, and I realize, you know, last last week with Devontae Adams but it just seems like if he's not playing a superstar receiver they're not getting they're not getting anything
1: yeah and and even against Devontae he didn't play too bad so um he had that pass breakup yesterday where he let Raymond go by him and then he just reached up with his left arm and at that point I was just like wow uh that's not a play William Jackson makes I can tell you that much
0: um I, I think the Bengals made the right choice um by getting Cheeto and Mike Hilton in instead of just signing William Jackson, I think they made a really nice personnel decision there.
1: Yeah, which speaking of, I, I think I saw this after we recorded last week. Uh, William Jackson is the most penalized defensive back in the NFL right now, and I think he has the fourth lowest PFF grade among qualifying corners. So you really hate to see it for a guy that bashed Bengals fans on the way out like he did. I really, I really do just. Hate to see that.
0: Yeah, um, you, you have a personal gripe with him, so
1: <laughs> hey, listen. Anytime he leaves Cincinnati, Carl Lawson, wish him well. Um, can't really think of another example of a high-profile player that left Cincinnati. Maybe Carson, but that's way back. Oh, uh, Andrew Whitworth. Andrew Whitworth. When you leave, don't talk shit. There's no point to it. And then no. William Jackson leaves, and he says that Bengals fans are miserable. And they just hate everybody. That's the furthest thing from true. All we ask is that you give us effort, and we will cheer you on. So I don't know where he got that information from. But you know what? To each his own, he can go play for that owner in Washington who shouldn't be an owner much longer, in my opinion. But um, back to the game on Sunday. The defense was awesome. Logan Wilson is blossoming into maybe – the best interior linebacker in the AFC North. Um, and that play yesterday where he just ripped the ball out of Amon Ra St. Brown's hands was uh, just... Yeah, what do you think about that? Do you think he was down? I, I don't know. What I will say is that what a great use of the challenge by Zach
0: Taylor. Absolutely. Absolutely. yeah.
1: Because even if you don't win that, that happened at a point in the game where... Especially because that was a big play that that would have been they if they were it.
0: driving. That would have been, they would yeah, have been they on the Bengals twenty,
1: because it was right after the interception. So even yeah. if you don't um, get the challenge, you get that timeout and you get a chance to bring everybody together. Say, hey, come on, we gotta we gotta make sure to hold them to a field goal here. So I like the use of the challenge there, but I mean the defense was just flying around yesterday. Detroit runs the ball eighteen times yesterday and they get thirty six yards.
0: It's cr- No, it, and this is something that we talked about last year when we went when we went to that dreaded dreaded week 17 ravens game um when they gave up 400 yards of rushing 40 yeah um so it's nice to see like a a semblance of a rush defense now to be fair this weekend is gonna be big for that yes but yeah sunday it was awesome it was awesome to see and and to be fair, the Lions running backs are like, they're pretty good. DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams are solid, probably, uh, I would say, above average NFL running backs.
1: I think the, the storyline on defense coming out of yesterday's game was that, yes, the Lions were beat up on the offensive line. No Frank Ragnow, no Taylor Decker. But that's exactly what the Bengals were supposed to do yesterday, was just go in and just eviscerate them. And it did exactly that. Detroit did nothing. And the Bengals were awesome yesterday at getting them into third and medium, and just letting them get four yards and bringing up fourth and four. And hey, Dan Campbell, if you want to go for it, go for it because you're not going to get it.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. It was more just like the uh, the checkdown show to T.J. Hawkinson basically was the whole was the whole day yesterday, and a couple of those third downs they just threw it short to short to him and. No, I mean now to be fair though, Cheetah looked great, the DBs looked great, Von Bell looked good, um, really good, and so did Jesse Bates. But we we might have to dial back our expectations for the rest of the year because the Lions receivers are bad,
1: bad. I don't think we need to dial back our expectations. Let me let me say, let me tell you why. So Green Bay, yes, Devonte Adams killed them and if you look across the league and, and I don't have the stats in front of me, it doesn't seem like he's having those sorts of games against everybody else. I mean, he's going to get his, but he's not getting 12 catches for 200 yards against everybody else. But if you take all of their performances in some from the year, the best offenses that they've faced, they've kept in check. And yes, this weekend is the biggest challenge defensively so far this season, just because of the myriad of things the Ravens can do to you. But we've seen nothing from this defense so far that says that, or this team in general, that says that this game this weekend is not at least going to be close because the Ravens have been great on offense, but by no means have they been unstoppable. By no means have they been the uh, 49ers of the 1980s or the chiefs of two years ago. I, I mean, the Raiders were able to somewhat keep them in check. The Lions kept them in check.
0: And The Colts did. I mean, really, the Colts did till the fourth. I mean, till the end of the fourth quarter. They had and the Colts what's... were banged up at DB. Yep.
1: So that was a small look ahead to this weekend. But um, I do agree that it's the Lions. So there's not a whole lot you can glean from it. But one great thing that cannot be underestimated from yesterday, and really from these past couple of weeks is that yesterday especially, they were able to rest guys almost the entire second half just because of how much of an ass-whipping it was.
0: And, it, yeah, that that's something I want to talk about too. The game was big because even when, you know, those backups came in, those certain backups, they played really well too. And it was against the Lions' starting offense. So, you know, you get some younger, younger guys' reps. Uh, you get the veterans some rest. And it, it, it's nice because this weekend is going to be – you know, probably one of the more physical games of the year, just because of how, how the Ravens, you know, play offense, blah, blah, blah. You know, they run the ball, Lamar's the threat. Um, it, it, I don't know. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting, I think.
1: So uh, let me pull up something real quick, actually. Um, so these next three weeks, sort of looking ahead for a second here, the Bengals really have a great opportunity here these next three weeks. And let's talk about why for a second, because they play – The Ravens this week, which, game I don't expect them to win. I don't think a lot of people do, but it's it's a game. It's winnable. But then you have the Jets and a very, 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 very beat-up Browns team that's going to be coming off a game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is always a physical game. And we talked about that when the Bengals played the Jags, how hard it is for teams to rebound from these physical AFC North games. So you've got these next three games. And the Raiders, who – sort of right now I view as perhaps the Bengals' biggest competition to getting one of those last wildcard spots. They've got the Eagles this weekend, then they're on a bye, then they're traveling across the country to play the Giants. Those aren't hard games, but you have a chance to build and build and get to a point where when you go to the Raiders later in November, that all of a sudden becomes a very big game in terms of building a cushion and potentially – looking forward to to the playoffs I don't want to put the cart before the horse here but the way things are shaking out right now in the AFC there is a strong feeling that I have that the Bengals can very well make the playoffs this year
0: yeah I think it's um it's going to depend on how Baker responds with Kareem Hunt being out Nick Chubb banged up um Re- really, for that last wild card spot, because we know—I mean, let's be honest—we we know the Chiefs are going to come back.
1: Chiefs, yeah. So here's how I look at it right now: so you got the four division champs, and yeah. then the two wild card spots are either going to be Chiefs slash Chargers, one of those, and then Browns slash Ravens, one of those. So you've got that last wild card spot, and I think that comes down to Bengals Raiders. I think the Broncos are a fraud, and the Bengals and the Raiders happen to play each other in a couple of weeks. And so that's all you can ask for. Late in November, you're going on the road
0: playing a meaningful football game. That's Absolutely, I agree. That's all you can ask for. You take care You take care of the games that you should win. You win 50% of the games you shouldn't, and they'll have a chance. So,
1: Yeah, um, that's kind of putting the cart before the horse, and I want to get back to Detroit for a second, though. Um, defense played amazing. I want to switch to the offense here. Chris Evans. Is – if 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 the Bengals start using Chris Evans more do you think that that unlocks a higher ceiling for this offense
0: oh absolutely uh we saw that first touchdown which was you know I love Joe Burrow not a very good throw he almost overthrew him um, oh I think that was a really good throw he put well, it... he almost overthrew him um I, well, I think it was it was a good throw it was an adequate throw but it was a really really nice catch from Chris Evans and um if you watch that replay, anybody listening, you really need to go watch that play again. He cooks this linebacker that's guarding him in man-to-man coverage, cooks him, like turns him around and beats him by, you know, six, seven yards. And then, you know, that ball's thrown right before that safety comes over. Um, but that was a, a really, really nice route by Chris Evans. And it kind of gives you those vibes of, of Gio, just because he's, you know, a smaller back, not as small as Geo, but he's quick, he's agile, he can catch really well he can run really good routes and that would it, it, it's it's exciting to see you know a kind of a one two punch with with Mixon um because Mixon obviously can catch he had that 40 yard touchdown catch yeah. but and he had what's 59 yards receiving
1: he had uh 23 touches Mixon did he had 23 touches for 153 yards yesterday
0: oh he he's so back he's back
1: um i said this to my dad yesterday i said if he stays healthy, given the way things are looking in the AFC North, that is such an advantage because the Browns can't stay healthy right now. So Well Kareem you know, Hunt today
0: was Kareem Hunt today was just ruled out for multiple weeks. They didn't say or several weeks.
1: The the Browns, the Browns are in trouble. Okay. They've got a, this game on Thursday night that with all their injuries is not a certainty against the Broncos. Then they go at Pittsburgh at Cincinnati things could very easily go downhill for the Browns. Not predicting that they will, because I have, I think Kevin Stefanski is a really good coach. And I think they have enough depth to, to win a couple of these games. But just saying, things are it not as hit, good in Cleveland. Uh, as
0: absolutely. It, it could hit the fan. Is it what
1: could. Has that potential. Um, Joe Mixon is – if the Bengals have Joe Mixon and the Browns don't have a healthy – Hunt and Chubb, and Pittsburgh can't run behind their O-line, and Baltimore doesn't have a real running back threat. I mean, Lamar is unreal, but they don't have a real running back threat. All of a sudden, that becomes such an advantage for the Bengals to lean on Joe Mixon for 20 carries a game. He gets you three and a half, four yards a carry, and you just wear teams down. And one guy in particular that we talked about maybe last week, that is aiding in that greatly right now is Quentin Spain. He is mauling people right now.
0: Yeah. So we talked about it before the year. Um, He's on that contract year. So he's trying to get his money and he's playing really, really, really well. That the left side of the R line is I I would take the left side of our line over a a good portion of left sides in the NFL.
1: So I heard this from Frank Pollack the other day. He said that in remind. Mind you, Frank Pollack coached those great O-lines in Dallas, and he played with uh, some great dudes on San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. He said that Quentin Spain is, without a doubt, the strongest human being he has ever seen. That's high praise. That's goddamn high praise.
0: It it is because Frank Pollack coached um, for the Cowboys what? when? Tyron Tyron Smith, Smith, Zach Zach Martin. And that's two borderline Hall of Famers and with Travis Frederick there too. So that's like three all pro caliber players he's coached.
1: Yeah. And so, and I agree with you on that point, Quentin Spain and Jonah Williams on that left side of the O-line. I don't know if, first of all, the ascent that we have seen from Jonah Williams this year. No, it's, I,
0: I, I, it's amazing. It's amazing.
1: Insane. People, some people, and one of our former guests, well, our only guest that we've ever had on, was not a believer prior to this season. Um, I'm very happy that he has had the season that he's had so far. And if he can stay healthy for all, let's hope it's, what is it, 21 games? If he can stay healthy for all 21 games, the Bengals are going to be very happy. And they're also going to be slightly cheaper because they're going to have to pay him a ton of money. Um, But he's worth every penny of it the way he's playing right now. One of the lowest – pressure rates in the league um i want to talk about joe burrow for a second um he had the one interception yesterday which
0: forced it he forced on third
1: on third down it was like a ball that jamar chase should have caught but he rebounded extremely well and that throw he had up the right sideline at the end of the half where he fitted in right between the Mm. cover corner playing underneath and the safety yeah. coming over the top to Jamar Chase oh my god
0: yes yeah, so I, I feel like a broken record every week I, I I really don't understand if I was another team every week Jamar Chase has a big catch before the half if I was another team I would put a safety over top of of Jamar Chase and not let him do anything it's it, it now It's it's a blessing and a curse because Great throw. Jamar Chase always gets the open, but you know, you just know that it's not gonna last forever. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like eventually they're gonna have to do something else, but hey, while while it still works, go ahead and do it.
1: So this is not only a big week for the defense, also a big week for Joe Burrow because we've seen the second time that he has played a team, second time he played Cleveland last year, he went bonkers. Remember that was his 416 yards, four touchdown performance. Second time he played Pittsburgh in his career was Um, earlier this season and he had a very good game Um, and the second time around that he's played these teams he's done a very good job he never got a chance to play Baltimore a second time and going into this week we I think we can expect to see Joe Burrow I want to read some stats real quick and this goes to our discussion we had a couple weeks ago about where is Joe Burrow at in the quarterback hierarchy let's listen to this passer rating First in the AFC, this is pre-Monday Night Football before Josh Allen and Tannehill, I guess. First in the AFC pass rating, first in yards per attempt, first in the PFF passing grade, second in passing touchdowns in the AFC, second in completion percentage, and second in the PFF overall grades.
0: So here's the thing with, 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 with all those stats you just read. If Dak Prescott didn't get hurt last year, Joe Burrow's easy comeback player of the year, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, Dak is playing. Let's just face facts for a second. I'm going to compliment Zach Taylor in a minute, but Zach's playing or Dak is playing with better play callers, a better O-line. And as much as I love what the Bengals have going on offense, Dak has a better cast of weapons in Dallas. And, And because he plays for Dallas, even if they had the same stats, he would be given the advantage for comeback player of the year. Dak might win MVP as well based on how he's playing right now. So, uh, I think he's a shoe in for comeback player of the year, but you're right. Joe Burrow is having an insane comeback season. And yesterday marked his technically the end of his rookie year yesterday, because that was his 16th game that he played in the NFL yesterday. Yeah. And I think his stats, I think he has 4,200 yards. Uh, actually, let's look it up real quick. He has 4,200 yards, 27 touchdowns. I'm waiting for it to load. Um loading um all right here we go so career 67% completion percentage he's at 71% this year uh 4200 yards 7.3 yards in attempt 27 touchdowns 12 interceptions that is that's joe burrows rookie season
0: yeah that's you know i'll take that any day of the week now one thing I wanted to also talk about, because we talked about it last week, you asked me, and uh, we talked about uh, how, Joe, you know, if, you're, if I'm worried about or and we, if we're worried about Joe Burrow's turnovers with interceptions. And, you know, it was funny. When he when he threw that, I was going to text you, but I wanted to wait um, to see how he responded. And, and you said earlier, he responded really well for the interception. And I think if he can limit it, if he throws one, I get it. it it's going to happen because it's just some of the stuff they run and some of the balls he has to fit into windows. But if he keeps responding well from them, I don't think it really matters.
1: Yeah. Um, ideally, he'd cut down on the interception percentage. I mean, he's got seven interceptions already this year yeah. um, on 230 less attempts than he had last year when he had five interceptions. So want to see those numbers scaled back a little bit, and I don't think these next two weeks are going to help. Because it's two pretty good defenses he's playing the next two weeks. You think? But, the, you
0: think the Jets are a good defense? I think they're pretty. I think they're sneaky good. Okay. They're not. I, no, I, no, I agree with you. It's just because it's just because Robert that yeah. uh, That's the only reason. Yeah. Uh,
1: he's going to see some very exotic schemes these next two weeks. Yeah. But whereas under Andy Dalton, I'd be concerned about him processing those schemes. I think Joe Burrow. I think, and you can. Blast me wherever you want to on this theory. I think he has the highest football IQ of any quarterback in the AFC right now. His ability to sit there and diagnose things and and just the mere fact of how many snaps they have out of empty where he has to process all those things. I think his ability to diagnose what the defense is doing is second to none in the AFC. I think Rodgers, Brady, obviously I'd take those guys over him with that ability, but I think his ability is way up there. Um, but to, so this, this is technically Joe Burrow's, um, rookie season stats, um, with a quarterback rating with a passer rating of 95.3, you'd like to get that a little higher, but it is what it is. Um, if Joe Burrow can continue on this ascent and first of all, I think we both need to admit the Ravens defense is very gettable.
0: Yeah. You know, and it's, he, yes, it it has been because it, it, you know, it's kind of uh, you don't really know what you're going to get each week because you give up. They only they gave up what did they give up over 400 yards to Carson Wentz? Oh, he toasted him. I don't know how many yards it was, but it that was close was to four. It was close to 400, and it took Lamar having maybe the greatest quarterback game in the history of the NFL for them to win. He he was like 37 for 44 for 400 yards. History it was of the NFL. It I'm being well okay. One of them. Oh, it was a great performance. Yeah, um, yeah, but then, but then you see him this Sunday, and they shut down Justin Herbert, your your man, um, and Justin, and they made Justin Herbert look bad. So I, I don't really like, know.
1: I, and it's not that one game shifts my opinion, especially when it's against the Lions. But before the game on Sunday, I was, you know, I wasn't a table thumper, but you know, it's hard to sit here and say that Justin Herbert's not better than Joe Burrow based on a mixture of team success and and just the sheer throws that you see Justin Herbert make. But I think it's definitely a conversation worth having is, and, and, you know, I think the great thing that we can all agree on, and, and it makes me very happy, is that Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow are probably the only two quarterbacks taken in the past, three years that right now I can say for certain they're going to do special things in their location. I can't say that about any of the people that were drafted this year because you haven't seen enough or Urban Meyer. Um, Can't say that about about Tua because my God, is he not good.
0: Uh I'm going to be honest with you. Now, I know we're not a Dolphins pod, but he didn't play that bad on Sunday. He did not play that bad. I know it's the Jags. I get it. I get it. Anyway, keep going, though.
1: <laughs> He's not good, um, bottom line. And the fact that they're even considering trading for Deshaun Watson, who how, he, has, he might have more allegations than Joe Burrow has career touchdowns, um, tells you all you need to know about what they think about Tua. Um, but I said I wanted to compliment Zach Taylor, and I'm going to bring it back to that. I thought the play calling yesterday was very good. That fourth and one play call was all scheme. I mean to get Joe Mixon that wide open. Was oh yeah.
0: Amazing. Now, to, now you see that fourth and one and you're like, Well, what the hell? Um, where, was, so that was, where was, was that against where was that against the Packers? Yeah. I was sitting with my dad at the
1: bar and I I I looked at him when they lined up to run that play. I said, I swear to God, if we run another QB sneak and don't get it, I'm driving yeah. to Detroit and something's gonna happen to Zach Taylor. And by God, maybe he has finally realized the error in his ways. So the Bengals have been terrible on third down all season. They've been terrible in these short yardage situations. Yesterday, they were amazing because they, they designed these things. They had a Joe Burrow sprint out at one point. They had, this, they had this play call, which, oh, my God, was that a great play call. And then I think my favorite play call of the day was the touchdown to CJ Uzoma. Yes. Love that. Just a uh, little, it, was, it was a little rub. Just a just little rub, little rub like, route, Get up
0: him out.
1: Too. I mean, some of these designs that they had yesterday were, were just very good. And even the play design on the Chris Evans touchdown, you know, Joe Burrow, I saw him check into something at the line, um, which if he checked into that play, uh, snaps for him because what a play call that was. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, overall, not a whole lot that you can be upset about from yesterday.
0: No, absolutely not. And, you know, I I, I think the best part, and we talked about it earlier, I think this is still the most important part of, you know, yesterday was guys got rest in the second half. Their bodies weren't banged up and bruised. And, you know, Joe Mixon's feeling good. Um, he looked good yesterday. Everybody's relatively healthy. It, it's nice to go into a Ravens game in weeks – seven now wow! Well, already week seven that's kind of crazy to think about right we're third of the way done third of the way done which is kind of sad because very you know, sad. nfl season's just it's just the best um but yeah it, it, it's it's awesome to think that this sunday kind of you know talking about we're gonna talk about more later this week first place playing to be in first place if you would have told me that before the season you not even before the season during the draft i would Not a chance I would have believed you. Not a chance.
1: So if the season ended today, and we're starting to get into that mode where early November you can start to be like, if the season ended today, this is who would be in the playoffs. Well, if the season ended today, the Bengals would be playing the Tennessee Titans in a playoff game in Tennessee, which my mouth waters thinking of that matchup because the Titans are horrendous. Yes. They are fraudulent. And they're going to get whipped. Well, actually, I think they might cover tonight, but that's a whole nother story. The point is, right now, I don't think that you can sit here and be like, "Yeah, I'm pretty disappointed with the way the Bengals look so far."
0: No, and and I think that and absolutely, at least four and two, at least, and that is it. You know, in my opinion, worst case scenario at this point with them for them to be four and two, and they're four and two, but. You know, and I get it, the first six games haven't played a ton of very, very quality teams, and that kind of remains on the, it's the second half of their schedule, but a win's a win. I, and this is what I don't understand when people are, oh, the Bengals, I don't know yet. Um, I don't know if Joe Burrow's the guy yet because of the teams we've played. But four and two in the NFL is four and two. It's really hard to win the NFL. I don't care if you're playing the Chiefs. I don't care if you're playing the Bucks. I don't care if you're playing the Jets. It's still hard to, like, win in the NFL. It doesn't matter who you're playing.
1: Yeah, and and I'll tell you what. The Bengals got this three-game sprint to the bye week, yep. and if they go two and one in this stretch, and you're sitting there at six and three going to Las Vegas, there because, you, you know, when you looked at the schedule before the season, you said, eh, you know, I mean
0: when, – Yeah, when you – Yeah, when you looked at it, you said easy first half, second half, they're not winning any games. That's basically what we said.
1: But now you look at it and you say, okay, the Raiders, you know, I think they're average, even with John Gruden, I thought they were pretty average. Um, That's a winnable game. You got the Steelers at home. You already beat them. Granted, it was without TJ Watt. You already beat them. You got the 49ers at home. They are not good. You got the Broncos. They're not good. And then you end with Ravens, Chiefs, Browns, which we could all agree probably three playoff teams. All I'm saying right now is, is if you go four and two against the Raiders, Niners, Broncos, Ravens, Chiefs, and Browns in the last in in, in the second half of the season, um, you're probably at ten and seven. You're probably in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. So I talked about this yesterday with my uncle. Um, he texted me this. So we uh, the the, the uh, target for wins to get in the playoffs is probably 10. I don't think anybody's getting in with 9, 6 and 5. Rest of the season, go 6 and 5, find a way, get to 10 wins. And we just I mean, kind of what you just said, just just find a way. And so this is what
1: makes this week a pivotal game because the, way the Browns wins. the way the Browns look right now, I'm not penciling in anything because that's a futile exercise. That game in Cincinnati is That's a game that we might be entering. They should win if the Browns are still banged up. But that's three weeks from now. I'm not looking ahead to that. You should beat the Jets. I would argue you you should beat the Niners. You should beat the Broncos. So there's three at seven. got to win three games, and you get the Ravens twice, the Browns twice, the Steelers. Maybe that's one you should win. And then you get the Chargers uh, and Chiefs and Ravens.
0: And and let's let's be fair. I'm not – you you can kind of throw away that Chiefs game because I really don't. I, no. I, no. I don't know, man. They, I don't, I don't they know. are
1: not good. They're not
0: good. I know they're not good, but it would only it would it it's it's always Cincinnati for to break my heart and for Patrick Mahomes to walk in there for four hundred yards.
1: So I will just say this: the only good defenses that the Chiefs have played this season, they oh. have been shut I down. Agree. I agree. Buffalo, which the Bengals aren't on the same level as Buffalo. I'm not saying that. But the Chargers shut him down pretty well. Um, And, you know, you look at these other teams, even Washington held him in check for the most part yesterday. I don't know what's going on with your boy, Patty Mahomes.
0: I don't know what's going on. It's, it's, it, in it, I don't know. It's weird because they have every, literally the whole cast is the same. So I don't, I don't know. It's killing your fantasy team. Um,
1: Last thing I want to say re yesterday's game but also looking forward if the Bengals can continue to just get incrementally better every week there's no telling what this team can do because you know you look at the schedule out of the bye week now and and you know to my recollection the Bengals you know historically they've not been good out of the bye but especially recently they haven't been good but you look at the schedule out of the bye week you get A road and then three straight home games. Telling you, if you get to six and three and then you get to eight and four, I'm just saying, I'm saying it. You know what? Maybe it's the coffee that I've had today, but I'm saying it. The Bengals are going to make the goddamn playoffs this year.
0: (laughs) All right. I'm not saying that yet. Okay. Here's my thing. I'll get. I'll be on that train. Just give me until next Monday. Um, we actually, well, depending on how the game goes, we might not record next Monday. But if we, if if they win or are competitive like they were against the Packers on Sunday, I'll say it. Let me just say something.
1: They're gonna win on Sunday. <sighs> I am so full pot committed. You are just setting your heart up to just. Oh, I'm putting myself out there like I've never put myself out there before. You know, I go and try to flirt with chicks at the bar. I don't even put myself out there that much. But yeah. Right here on this podcast, I am throwing myself to the wolves because God damn it. <laughs> the Browns are banged up. They come to Paul Brown stadium in three weeks. You win that game. Oh boy. It's a new game, but you got Joe Burrow and. Dare I say you got a damn good defense, <laughs> boy?
0: No, I don't. One more thing. One more thing. One more thing. If I would have told you last year at that Ravens game that the Bengals next year would uh, would would play a game where they only gave up thirty six rushing yards and eighteen carries, what would you have told me last year watching that? Ravens I would
1: have asked you if one of the homeless men on the street had gotten you to try some of his concoction. <laughs>
0: I might have been on acid if, if, if I would have believed even if I – even if I would have said that because that was ridiculous last year. It's, this week's a really, 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 really important week for the defense. Really, Listen, really. Here's, here's all I'll say. If – okay, so
1: – and we'll parlay this into the trivia question. Okay. The Bengals have a chance on Sunday to be in first place at the end of the month of October.
0: Just something that we're not used to. Uh, not not used to. Well, I mean, we used to be used to it, but so we haven't in about
1: five years. That parlays into the trivia question. When's the last time the Bengals won a game by 20 points or
0: more? Wow. Uh, I know the answer is going to absolutely uh, – uh, I'm going to go with 2014.
1: You are very close. Okay. It was – 2015 against the Cleveland Browns. Paul Brown Stadium. And the Bengals won. I'm pulling it up right now. The Bengals won that game
0: by a score of.
1: Oh, that was at Cleveland.
0: Yeah, it was that, that was that Thursday night game, right?
1: No, it was not. It was a Sunday, December sixth. It was
0: thirty-seven to three. Oh, that's the game that RG three played. It was no, in the I think that
1: was manziel
0: Okay, what was the game? I don't know. The Bengals have kicked the Browns' ass for a long time. Um, and it's
1: going to goddamn happen again in two weeks.
0: That coffee is making you want to run Baker through a wall right now. I I am so
1: ready. I it's Monday and I am jacked. Sunday because, and we'll be back later in the week with a further in-depth preview on the Ravens, but think about, and I know we're kind of bemoaning our struggles, but for the sake of this exercise, we're going to do that. Think about where in 2019, the year they went to and 14, I maybe watched, I watched every game, but I maybe paid attention to like six. Think if I had told you that season that not only would Zach Taylor be the head coach of a team that's on a road winning streak, they've won that's three games in a row on the road. Yeah. Or wait, no, they haven't because they lost two. The two. Yeah, they should be on a road winning streak. Yes. If I told you that the Bengals were on a winning streak in primetime, a winning streak against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and were playing for first place at the end of the month of October in at the end of that 2019 season you would have you would have laughed me out of the room i would have been kicked out of the group chat but by golly we're sitting here right now and the bengals have a great great opportunity to ascend in the afc north on sunday
0: and would you uh, would you use the word frisky
1: I'm, no, you know what? Frisky teams flirt with the Lions. The Bengals have graduated from Frisky. The Bengals are good. Really? Okay. You look, at the, you look at who the Bears have beaten. The Bears had a chance to beat the Packers on Sunday, okay? They did? The Bears are not bad. As, as, well, they're not as
0: bad the as Bears, the, the Bears saw, handedly beat the
1: Raiders. Yes. The Bengals are good. And I, I'm going to divulge my prediction already for Thursday. They're going to win on Sunday in Baltimore. They're catching six and a half on the opening line. They're going to win because Joe Burrow is the difference.
0: Yep. Yeah, he is. It's nice to have somebody now where you can rely, rely on them to make plays when, you know, when stuff breaks down. Also one more thing uh, before we, you know, um, get out of here is, is every time joe burrow runs I, I i cringe and every time he runs he needs to learn how to slide dear god please please learn he how did to better slide.
1: he did a better job yesterday he took the one hit going out of bounds on the sprint out but um yes he does need to learn how to slide but i feel like with the knee brace
0: that might be yeah, he also I, and it just i know he's come back from I know, acl i know he has the knee brace on he looks a little slower which is obviously understandable, but he, he, even though he looks a little slower, he he can still pick up first downs.
1: Like he's still. I I think looking ahead to Sunday, I think we need to get Tyler Boyd more involved.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Dear God, if, can you imagine how much different, well, not different, but how awesome it would have been if Drew Sample had caught that touchdown yesterday?
0: Yes. Yes. Would have been crazy. Also, Yeah, Tyler Boyd is a really – Tyler Boyd was a non-factor yesterday. Yeah, he had one catch for seven yards. Yep. So definitely need to get him more involved.
1: Yeah, and then um, one final note looking ahead to Baltimore. Um, Do you think that Marlon Humphrey travels on Jamar Chase?
0: Personally, yes, I do. I think Marlon Humphrey Humphrey travels because I think that they're – I, honestly, I don't think it matters who their corners are. They're always going to have that blind faith in their other corners. And it, 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 if Marlon Humphrey travels with Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase is still going to get his because it's Jamar Chase. I, I think he will. He'll, he'll, at, he'll have at least 50, 60 yards. I'm not saying he's going to get 100. But Sunday, a little preview. I know we're going to do a preview. It's going to be Tyler Boyd's day. It has to be. He has to play That's- really well.
1: Patrick Queen might be out on Sunday too for the yes, reason. He, he got
0: hurt. He did. Yeah. If he Patrick Queen's out. That is
1: big. Big their their defense is is so gettable right now because they're very banged up. Um,
0: and, and that's something that, you know, knock on wood, knock on every piece of wood in your house. The Bengals have escaped it for just this season so far.
1: Oh my God, the Bengals are ridiculously healthy right now.
0: And I know, see, we just jinxed it. Um, but I mean, it's, it, it's just a fact right now. So it, it, it's kind of nice to going, in, going into a Ravens game, again, one of the most physical games of the year, healthy, as healthy as possible, really.
1: Yeah. Um, actually, I, I know I said last note, but last note, do Trey Flowers, one, do you like the pickup? And two, do you think we see him on Sunday?
0: Yeah, I, I love the Trey Flowers pickup. I know he's not been playing well in Seattle, but I went, so, you know, the Bengals have like the thing where uh, they announced it on Twitter, And a lot of Seahawks fans were in the comments saying, you know, Trey Flowers was actually a really good corner, just wasn't the right scheme. Hope he can, you know, um, have a fresh start in Cincy and play well again. So I really do like it. He's long, kind of rangy, and I I like it because I don't trust Eli Apple. So if him or Eli Apple, Eli Apple did play. He didn't play that bad. I know. He's playing better.
1: So, and, um, We'll get, we'll get into this later this week with the Ravens. The Ravens, Mark Andrews, Marquise Brown, you shut those two guys down or limit them, then – and you know what? We might be getting ready to declare Chidovia Wujie shut down if he's able to put in some work on Marquise Brown someday.
0: He is, he is making himself some money right now. If he keeps yeah, it up, I, he's – Dude, they got him and
1: Mike Hilton for the same price as that overrated bum in Washington.
0: One of the best PR or one of the best, you know, moves, not, not even PR moves. Um that, no, it's a uh, PR move
1: that, when you smear the fan base.
0: Well, that, that that that's called a that's called a dumb. That's called a dumb PR move. Um yeah, yeah Mike Hilton's I this D I'm really excited. I'm really, really excited. Very excited for Sunday.
1: It's the Bengals and the Ravens. We'll be back later to preview it this week, but the Bengals have matched their win total from two thousand and twenty already. They are four and two. And on Sunday, they go and they visit the five and one Baltimore Ravens for first place in the AFC North. And by some miracle of the gods, this is not the Sunday night football game because we are being tormented into watching Colts 49ers on Sunday night. <laughs> so we look forward to coming back later this week. But the Bengals are four and two. The Bengals beat the Lions. Um, Dan Campbell did not cry this time. But he threw his quarterback under the bus. I do feel for Lions fans because we've been there. Um, but the Bengals are 4 and 2. And that's a recap because I am ready for the playoffs, ready to the go weekend. Good day. Good day.